It's a new week here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. And friends, I'm just going to tell you this. When Patty told me the theme for this week, I got really excited because it's Lent. And it's one of those things that you may say, Adam, how could you get excited about this topic? But Patty, I think we need to tell them, what is our topic this week? (laughs) Well, you're right. When I say it, you may go, what? How can you be excited about that? The topic is restoring a proper sense of sin. John Paul II talked about having a sense of sin. And I read about this in my daily devotional that I've talked about very often on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. I read in conversation with God, and it gives me a lot of insights. And and this is one of the topics that is in that book, In Conversation with God. So it actually talked, the topic is named an abhorrence. We are to have an abhorrence of sin. You can find this on page 101 and 107, book two of In Conversation with God. The bottom line is, that's a fancy word, abhorrence of sin. We are to hate sin. And this is how we can gain a proper sense of sin. The first thing is to just know this to be true, that the worst thing that can happen to us is not death. The worst thing that can happen to us is to die in the state of mortal sin. That's the worst thing that can happen to us. So restoring a proper sense of sin is the first step in hating sin and then the determination to avoid every occasion that would put us in danger of offending God. So here's what John Paul II said. The loss of a sense of sin is a form of the denial of God, not only in the form of atheism, but also in the form of secularism. If sin is the breaking off of your filial relationship to God in order to situate your life outside of obedience to him, then to sin is not merely to deny God. To sin is also to live as if he didn't exist, to eliminate him from your daily life. So that's, again, what we're trying not to do here. So how do we restore a proper sense of sin? First thing, first thing, first thing, name them. Calling things by their proper name is the first step. So we have to look at our faults and imperfections. And here's the funny thing is we like to call them faults and imperfections. No, these are not faults and mere imperfections, but usually venial sins or even a mortal sin. So we tend to rationalize our faults and imperfections, but behind every one is sin and we just can't see it. Maybe you have flashes of anger and you just say, oh, well, this is just how I am. Or my dad was like this, so I inherited it. Or you, the desire to be the center of attention. Oh, it's my little fault. I, I, I do like that. Or being envious of others or uncharitable comments, whatever it is, laziness, excessive drinking, you know, eat lying, cussing, name your vice, right? We call them our faults and our imperfections. We all have them, but we need to call them by name without excuses for what they are, sin. And then pray to the Holy Spirit to help us sincerely recognize our sins, to have a sensitive conscience, which seeks pardon and does not look for ways to justify our errors. That's the first step. Name them and know that our faults and imperfections are not just faults and imperfections. Patty, as you say this, I think back to a time when I was repairing an electronic element and I thought all was safe, all was well because it was unplugged. And a friend said, yeah, but you see that little part right there that has enough electricity stored up in it that if you touch it right now with a screwdriver, it could stop your heart. And wow, I'm glad that that person told me that because I don't want my heart to be stopped. So I'd like to know about the sin in my life so I can go to our Lord and ask for that grace I need to die in a state of grace.